Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor, how are you today? Doing great. Good to hear that. And we want to begin today thinking uh, on the Shepherd Talk podcast. I guess let's start back with a little bit of Ridgecrest Sports Radio here or network. I keep calling it the wrong name. Ridgecrest Sports Network. Isn't that what we were referring to? By the way, we're going to be talking about critical thinking today. Critical thinking. We'll get to that after we are critical about sport. I mean, after we talk about sports. <laughs> That's a good uh, teaser right there so that our listeners don't check out when we start talking right, about right. sports, I guess, yeah. since we're not technically... Not highly respected sports analyst. Well, there's three of us in the room, so maybe one of us or two of us at least can be highly respected. But let's talk college football for a second. What's your thoughts, Pastor, on this season, different year, different situation we find ourselves in? Just share uh, just something that you'd like for our listeners to hear about college football. Nothing. I like nothing about it this year. Uh, the only thing I guess I like is that it just didn't completely dry up. Yeah. Uh, it, but it's just strange, isn't it? Just to even watch, you know, television, at least, you you know, you're more kind of focused on what's going on the field. But then they cut away and you see nobody. In, the in some of the games, you see nobody. In other games, you say, they're not social distancing up here. There's definitely uh, very little social distancing in some of these student yeah, sections, yeah. especially. But uh, I, I, you know, it just—it's like everything else right now. It just has a weird, kind of surreal feel about it. Like the game's going on, but it just does lack a dynamic to it. I thought the first like couple weeks and I know being where we live SEC football mm-hmm. obviously we think is the best football out there we'll just say that I don't know if we can say that or not but we'll say that but to watch some of the other conferences play and a lot of them didn't have any fans yeah. and it was it just seemed so dry really a little bit and yeah. then I thought one of the things that was so unique and different was when NFL started they actually somehow are piping in noise, crowd, noise, crowd noise, you know, so it still felt somewhat normal because of the crowd noise, whereas the college football, all you heard was the sideline, I guess, or something. Yeah, so. in fact, you heard things from the sideline you didn't particularly <laughs> want to hear. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, but yeah, it's just, it's been a, it's just different. And, you know, um, how are the playoffs, how's that going to work when you got conferences that aren't playing quite as many games and, then trying to squeeze it all in and um all right so here here's my question and we'll end on this and jump into critical thinking but should this season have some sort of asterisk beside it you follow me like is this such a different season that whoever wins it shouldn't really be a win or and then i guess the second question i'd like to hear your thoughts on uh, Clemson just lost to Notre Dame without their starting quarterback. So should there be a playoff committee consideration that Trevor Lawrence didn't play and that they should still, you know, be considered possibly at the end for the playoffs? Yeah, well, that's a, should it have an asterisk? That's question number one. Um, depends on what which weekend you ask me. Uh, one weekend I think, no, it's – you know, they're playing – Aren't most conferences playing 10 games? I think one conference is playing eight games. I think you know, one that started late. I can't remember which one. You know, um, I think it's the Big 12 that started late. 
Um, but most conferences play in 10 games. I grew up when 10 games was max any team played. So from that per- – and, and they're playing all conference games, I think. In the SEC, if you get through 10 games, you, you're worthy of an unasterisked kind of, uh, of, of season. The other conference, well, no, no, I'm, I'm being <laughs> easy, uh, tongue in cheek there. But um, so it just kind of depends on the way. For example, does Trevor Lawrence make a difference? Let's go to your s- second question. Well, if you think he does, then there's an asterisk. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. If you think he doesn't make a difference, that Notre Dame wins that game, regardless of if Trev- Trevor Lawrence would, because. Um, you know, Lele. Let's just call him Lele. It's hard to say his name. <laughs> Looks like a pretty doggone good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and so would Trevor Lawrence have made the difference? I personally think he would have. Yeah. I think had they had Lawrence, they probably win that game. And honestly, maybe by two touchdowns. Yeah. But they don't. They didn't. And we don't know. And so is that an asterisk game? I think they'll factor it in, whether consciously or unconsciously, if Clemson continues to play on out. Right, right. So what do y'all think? I think they'll factor it in. I think they'll have – they'll in some sort of way, as long as Clemson wins out and nothing else crazy kind of shakes up, which probably would happen, uh, might happen, you know, for a different team. But if Clemson wins out and Notre Dame continues to win out, I mean, Notre Dame – Clemson needs Notre Dame to win. Obviously, yeah. which you know, who knows the rest of their schedule. Probably. So, doesn't. by the way, where did where did Clemson fall in the rankings? They went to four, to didn't four. they? Four. Yeah. Notre Dame probably go to three or no, something Notre like Dame that. Notre Dame dropped to two, didn't they? Number two. I think so. Yeah. Alabama's number one. Alabama now. went one. Notre Dame went two, and Ohio State went three, and then okay. Clemson went Clemson four. Went four. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's still four pretty good football teams right up there at the top. Yeah. Um, so, so I think they should consider. I think they will consider it and. You know, as long as nothing else shakes out crazy, Clemson will still be in the playoffs. So, Broxton, any thoughts? There should be an asterisk if Clemson wins the national championship, and if any SEC team does, there should not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we know there you have that unbiased opinion by (laughs) Broxton. Well, I mean, what you said, the SEC is playing 10 SEC games, and the ACC is already not difficult. And so now that, that's true. Now they're playing it, and then they had they played one good team and they lose. Yeah, of course they do. Have, they, North Carolina's playing mighty good, but they've got that's true. They've got a loss, don't they? Yeah, North they Carolina's upset by. But then, and by even though Clemson ended up winning against Boston College, I mean, barely. That's why. That's what I'm saying. But again, without so, Trevor Lawrence, well, but it but that wasn't even an offensive issue. That seemed like a defensive issue yeah, in that game. But so. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we end the college football yeah. season in general. <laughs> it's a shame this isn't a call-in show. We could have people yeah. call in um, and tell us, what do you think, asterisk or no asterisk? Well, so. we have another staff member that already takes care of handles that for us, so yes. <laughs> encourage our listeners to check out that call-in show. So That's true. <laughs> All right, Pastor, let's jump to Shepherd Talk. Uh, more important conversation here about worldview. We've done two other episodes already, and if you're listening and hadn't checked those out, you can go back, and it's the not the previous episode that was on the election and how to walk forward from that, but the two prior than that were on worldview. And really, past year, we've kind of made the understanding of why worldview is so important. And really, in the world that we live in right now, 
people um, need to make sure they understand the way they see the world and yeah, the view sure. that they, they they experience that in. And we talked, kind of wrapped up last time with getting to that place to kind of developing a worldview. And I think one of those things that you wrote in another column recently talked about a little bit of that of critical thinking. So share with us as we begin today on uh, this part of our conversation about uh, why critical thinking is vitally important for the understanding of your worldview. Well, critical thinking is is a thinking that honestly evaluates. Well, I said there are so many worldviews, you know, that are affected. Humanistic worldview uh, is a postmodern kind of world, and there's overlap between these different worldviews the way we see the world. Where critical thinking comes in is it is it has the capacity to evaluate each worldview and the and here's what's key about a worldview. Where does that worldview take you? Where, where does it, not where is it at the moment, but where does it end up? Critical thinking is what helps us examine a worldview and say, wait a minute, if that worldview is followed to its logical conclusion, here's what will result. And, and I, I don't see a lot of critical thinking uh, out there today where people really examine a worldview, they just adopt a worldview in many cases because someone whom they like or someone whom they feel is smarter uh, or, or many in the academic community uh, have uh, uh, propagated a worldview and those um, that uh, follow them or listen to them ex- simply accept it because they said it. And so critical thinking is what allows us to say, now, this worldview, if everybody follows this worldview, where does it end up? Number two, where do I end up? Number three, where does the culture end up? And we're not seeing that. We tend to see today that worldviews are adopted based on feeling, not on logical conclusions, not on facts, not on the implications of a worldview but instead how do i feel i just feel like and and then so they something is adopted as i said in the previous articles and in previous discussions here uh most people have a worldview they don't even recognize they don't even realize what they were we've seen that play out recently in this nation uh in uh, some of the social unrest we've seen it played out in the election i believe you saw uh, repercussions from a a worldview that many of the people have no idea that they've adopted. So critical thinking helps me uh, understand a worldview that tends to steer my life. And there's very little real critical thinking about that. There's more uh, the adoption of a worldview based on my friends all think like this, so I think like this. And it's far more today in our culture, especially in a post-Christian, post-modern culture, it's emotional in nature. It's about how I feel, not about where is this going to take me. And that's a tragedy because what that causes a person to do is to be satisfied as long as everything right now is okay. Yeah, yeah. So when you think of this, Pastor, take me to a place— in your life, because I, I, I'm so thankful for your leadership in this, because this 
understanding of critical thinking, I think, is seen in your preaching and the way you lead us as a staff and the way you lead our congregation. Take take me to a place, and just us listening today, to a place where you felt like you understood the magnitude of critical thinking, whether that was a time in high school, go back, go back and kind of bring it to bring us to a place where God just really revealed to you the need for this because of how it develops your worldview. Well, you're going to like what I'm going to say uh, about when I began to see the importance of a worldview. Uh, Chase, you know, I've been in uh, full-time ministry over 40 years. Um, I didn't start as a pastor. I started as a student pastor like you. And um, and when I really began to understand the value of worldview was when I began to work with students and I began to see how their value systems were shaped. And I began to recognize that most of their values were picked up by their friends. And this is a long, long time ago. And right. I, you know, I tell you today, I pray for you in student ministry because the student ministry world is so dramatically different from when I, I did it. But even when I did it years ago, I, I began to see that they developed their values essentially based on uh, peer relationships. They did it based on uh, what was popular in a culture. And uh, they allowed the culture to become more influential on how they arrived at their values than they did the scripture. Yeah. I don't even know at that time in my life if I knew how to identify it as as this is a postmodern kind of thing because we really hadn't even used those terms back then. Right. But I recognized that if we don't help the students, if we don't help them develop a worldview, they're going to shape the culture. Yeah. I think we're seeing that. I right. think that's why they tell us that the millennial viewpoint is going to rule our culture. Uh, and I don't mean that as a cheap shot to the millennials because there are many solid, uh, grounded, and founded millennials. I talked with two last week. It just was so incredible to talk with them. But that's going to be the largest demographic, I don't know if you know that, in the history of American, uh, the American populace. Yeah. My generation was, prior to that, right. about 60-something million baby boomers, I think. Right. They tell us 90-plus million millennials. Yeah. And that they will, it's not a matter of, uh, of will they, they will shape the culture according to their perception of things. So that's when it really first became uh, something that I realized we've got to shape values and that value has to be grounded in some kind of transcendent source. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't see that in kids and it spooked me. I'll be honest, it spooked. It still spooks me today, not just with kids, but so many of those are now adults. Right, right. Uh, and by the way, I did student ministry before the millennials existed. That's, you know, how old I am in, in this thing. But you can see the repercussions of it. Yeah. To, at the time, here's the important, at the time a worldview is percolating, nobody sees it as such. Yeah, that's good. It's down the road where suddenly you start going, oh, well, look, we adopted this, and the culture adopted this, and adopted this, and adopted. It's a slow burn. Yeah. Until one day you get here and you go, how did we get here? Well, look back, and you can see it. Every once in a while you, you have the capacity to say, we've got to shape 
we've always needed to do a biblical worldview. We just didn't call it that. But that is where I would track it back. Along with early on in my, my life, I read, and he was still alive uh, then, and I listened to uh, what I believe is a guy who had great foresight spiritually, um, Dr. Francis Schaefer. Yeah. And he saw this stuff before anybody saw it. In fact, some people kind of made fun of him because they thought, you're way, way, way out there. But he saw what was coming. And I, I, I read his stuff when I was young, and that helped me begin to understand how to see, how to think critically, right. you know, and how to see that. But it, I would trace it back to those years when I was a student pastor. And you certainly have to see some of that uh, with the students that you work with. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's a every week thing. And I would say social media has even heightened it. You know, when you think about the relational and the influence of the media today and, uh, you know, kids, kids don't even understand what they're following as far as yeah. they don't, they don't get the, they don't look far enough to educate themselves, to think critically about even organizations or, or people and the stances. They just see the outside of a glimmer of a, you know, sparkle of a spotlight, and then they just kind of jump with it, you know. And so the thinking critically is, um, but then you you have those kids too. I mean, it's, it's a neat process because yeah. you have both sides of it, and it's, it's fun to, to work through that. And so wrap us up, Pastor, on this uh, worldview conversation, this third podcast about, um, okay, you just shared with the moment that you realized this. So when you realized it, what was next for you? And practically speaking to those that are listening, what should be our steps? And we've kind of talked about some of this already in worldview and other conversations, but what should be our steps to navigate to have this biblical worldview? Yeah, and that's a good question. Um, I, I tell you what I did, I, and I don't know that I did it all right, so I don't, don't mean that. But I began to ask myself questions. So what do I need to be investing in them? Uh, what, what are the things I need to be uh, instructing them in. If God has put me in a role to have influence uh, and worldviews, think about this, are all the result of some kind of influence. Something has influenced a person to cause them to adopt a worldview, whether it's media, social media. Uh, and uh, and by the way, many of the folks today get their, their political opinions, they get their political positions, they get their ideologies and culture and everything they get it they derive it from the mass on social media right and so but i didn't have that but i i did know how how do i shape their worldview well you shape their worldview by saying what are the things that are crucial to a worldview a, a biblical worldview i know this may sound funny but i started with origins yeah how do we get here because if you can't answer that question look if you and, and it's particularly different for you guys. It was just percolating in my early years. But for you guys today, for example, evolution is just accepted as a fact, which it is not. It doesn't even fit the laws of science. Right. But that is an essential idea that has to be implanted in the minds of people uh, to prevent them from following a creator or intelligent design which subsequently leads to if there's an intelligent designer or a creator, then he is the ruler. If he is, has the power to create, 
He has a power to set the rules, and that means I have to uh, listen to what his rules are. So you got to back up and you have to start, I believe, there with origins. I believe everything hinges on, did God create or are you a product of chance? If you're a product of chance, adopt any worldview you want. One's as good as another. But if you're the product of a creator, then that's a whole different story because that means there is a, a superior intelligence that designs you and puts you here. And the reason he did that is because he has purpose and plan. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So that's where I, I started. I still think that's where you, you start. I think it's where adults have to, uh, have to go if they're going to understand. Uh, and so many, tragically, people today in um, the Christian community have tried to adopt evolution and God. And the two are mutually exclusive, to be honest. Yeah, you know. So, uh, you gotta you gotta answer a question. We don't have time to do all that, but you gotta answer the question: uh, w- What are the foundational stones? Okay, the foundational stone begins with origins. How did I get here? And why am I here? Yeah, it's the age-old questions. Mm-hmm. You know, how did I get here? And why, if you can answer how I got here, God put me here, then the second question, if God put me here, why did he put me here? Mm -hmm. And that leads to purpose. And then my purpose, if I can identify my purpose as a result of being a creature of God's design, it changes everything about the rest of my life. Yeah, that's right. Pastor, you know, this is something that... um, as we've said, is needed, is so needed um, in our culture right now to process through and to think about. And so wrap us up right now with just an encouragement to our listeners to um, seek this out and take it seriously. Well, you're going to, you're going, everybody's going to have a worldview. Think about, be honest with yourself and answer the question, how do I see the world? Then ask yourself this question, why do I see the world that way? Uh, and and then be willing to say, if God is a creator, and he is, then how does that change the way I see the world? How does that change why I'm here? How does that um, uh, determine my values? And if, if you'll do that, um, you'll find that that's critical thinking, by the way. That's yeah, just an yeah, example yeah. of critical thinking. Yeah. And when you do that, you'll suddenly start saying, you know, I've been swallowing a lot of stuff that really has no foundation under it. Yeah. Uh, postmodernism. We ought to just do a session on postmodernism and yeah. let me just talk about that sometime. But, but so I encourage you, I encourage our listeners to ask yourself some, some of those key questions. And, and you'll come away saying, wow. I did. Most people, if you use the term critical thinking, they go, oh, I, I, I can't do critical thinking. You're doing critical thinking all the time that you don't know about. But a focused kind of critical thinking, asking the right questions, will encourage you to pursue the right worldview. Yeah, that's so great. And for those of you that are listening, we do encourage you to ask those right question, questions to shape your worldview. And thank you, Pastor, for those words. And thank you all for listening uh, to the Shepherd Talk podcast. Like and subscribe. 
our podcast, and we continue to encourage us, uh, encourage you to check a, this podcast out in the days ahead as we continue to have these conversations with the things going on in our world today. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.